Hi, and welcome to the Warfare in Conversation podcast. My name is Olga, and I am the founder at Warfare, and your host for today's conversation. I am joined by Siobhan, who is passionate about events and using them as a tool to create positive environmental and social change. She is interested in sustainable fashion and works at Europe's largest circular fashion hub, Advanced Clothing Solutions. ACS enables brands to join the circular economy through rental, resale and renewal, and Siobhan works as their events executive. Hi! <laughs> Lovely to see you. Thank you so much for joining the conversation today. And um, really to begin with, I wanted to ask you a question that I ask to all the participants and all the people that I um, speak with um, is to understand what would make uh, this a win for you. So when you would be looking back in about six months from now, what would make you happy that you took part in this conversation? I think it's always trying something new. Like this is a wee bit out of my comfort zone, but trying something new at the moment and then maybe looking back, being like, now I've gone on to speak on other podcasts or that's given me the confidence to do this, this, this. It's always nice to have like a milestone. Like at that time, I took a chance and I felt a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it led on to this other thing. And now I don't, I feel completely comfortable doing um, podcasts and more speaking and things like that. Wonderful. Yeah, I think for me as well, it's uh, it's very much um, stepping into things that I'm um, not so good at, but trying to get better at. Uh, and that's uh, listening actively and um, yeah, being a better host. So thank you so much for, for sharing. That's really interesting. And, How are you <laughs> and I guess jumping on uh, onto, the, um, onto you and your history and your background, I wonder if you can um, give us a glimpse of how you arrived at where you're at uh, now. Um, from from like school, uni onwards to like career tech way. Yeah, if you can just segue us through all the way, that's that'd be amazing. <laughs> so, um, kind of in school, I always wanted to do something creative. Um, in fifth and sixth year, there was an opportunity where you could actually go to the university. Um, and do I did a creative industry course so it was like a HNC over two years um, and that's where I was first introduced to events management um, before that I kind of wanted to do like photography or just anything where I was like physically doing something and getting to be creative but I kind of fell into events from that because my interests could change at any point but event, events could be the main pillar and then I could go and do whatever I wanted with that um, so I moved up to Glasgow and I did two years at college first and then swapped over to university to do the last final years in events management. Um, and during that time, lockdown happened in between. Um, and that's when I started to get really interested in sustainable fashion. I don't really know what prompted that. I guess everyone had like a moment just to reflect. And I guess I had time to like learn more things outside of what I was learning at the time. Um, and yeah, I just started to get a lot more into fashion revolution, like learning about Rana Plaza, taking reflection like on my own habits. Um, and yeah, that was something that I was working on over lockdown and I've started to kind of feed that into events. Um, so when I went back to uni, I, I focused all my event studies, like any question we had like for an exam or a paper, um, around what I'm interested in. So mainly, mainly like environmental, but mostly um, sustainable fashion as well. Um, so like events is kind of my skill and what, what I'm good at, but sustainable fashion and like environmental and social change is what I'm passionate about. Um, and then in my last year, I started to really focus on how events can be like a tool for change. Um, and that creativity that I was speaking about earlier, like how I always wanted to be in a creative field, like you have to use that all at, all the time in the sustainability space. You have to be really good at problem solving and coming up with new ideas. So it's like allowed me to find something I'm passionate about in sustainable fashion, something I'm good at in events, and then um, using that creativity all the time as well. Um, so um, I first started at ACS over summer as a placement as part of the sustainability team and um, which I learned so much in and um, 
in the sustainability space that I wasn't aware of before. Um, and then we were kind of coming up to COP26 at that time. And ACS were getting involved in so many events, like it makes sense for you to come on in an events role um, because we've got all these events happening with COP26. So my role kind of changed over to events and marketing. Um, and then when I graduated, I became full-time in this role now and I'm loving it. Wow, lovely. That's really exciting. And I love the angle you take in terms of the event and bringing the sustainability um, through that. And I guess it's it's your means to um, sharing that message that you're passionate about. Um, so that's really lovely. Um, is there an event that uh, maybe uh, the most recent event or any uh, most exciting events? Could you share any of them? I'm curious to hear if there is any that you particularly enjoyed and why. Um, working on COP26 was absolutely amazing. Like there was just such a buzz about Glasgow. Um, obviously like a lot in actual COP26, like with all the world delegates and stuff, there was nothing talked about sustainable fashion. I know Sustainable Fashion Scotland um, managed to get a uh, installation in, but other than that, there wasn't much conversation about sustainable fashion, although there was like in, um, in organised events outside of that. And I, f I think I find that with a lot with a lot of environmental issues that a lot of them were actually talked in smaller events outside of um, COP26. But um, we did an amazing event at Glasgow Caledonian University where there was like over 500 young people. We had like catwalks and workshops. It was amazing. Um, but the most exciting one was we worked with New York Times um, in the Climate Hub at SWG3. And we had, um, it was just, it was so interactive and creative. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. We had um, like an artist in the middle of the catwalk doing like live art. So it's called acrylic layering. So we had like three um, circle like sphere balls and he was doing like paint over each of them. And it had this amazing like marble effect. Mm. But while he was doing that, there was um, a catwalk happening like on the outside around them and then the audience was like standing on the outside it was amazing um and then we had like a swap shop um a repair section we had like loads of different parts that was like the main event um and the swg3 space just looked amazing at the time they had an indoor forest um which looked yeah, beautiful but actually what they did was that after was they used it to, they took those trees and planted them outside as well. So it wasn't, they weren't just there for the event. They had the plan with them afterwards as well. Wow. No, I think I've seen pictures of, of the events and yeah, they looked incredible. Um, so yeah, good job. <laughs> and um, just of that, is there a particular element of the creative process of making an event come true and that you particularly enjoy? Uh, or maybe it's the the outcome, um, or, or in some way that um, motivates you to to create uh, such sort of um, experiential moments. Is there any of that that you can? Um, I think mine's either right at the start or right at the end. So I love when you're like all in a room and have loads of ideas and are bouncing them off each other, and then manage to finalize it down and like getting everyone's opinions and everyone's like having that light bulb moment. But then also at the end of the event and seeing the impact that if that's came from your ideas as well and like seeing it all come together is really rewarding. But I guess it's kind of at the end and it's happened and you've taken a breath, mm. like, okay, it's it's all run successfully. And yeah, seeing, hearing other people's opinions, what they've learned from it, um, but even maybe a month, two months down the line and hearing what changes people have made from going to the event. Mm. Um, without going on too much of a tangent, like I've had um, people that I worked with through fuel change. Mm -hmm. um, so they came along to one of our events and through that they actually um, got inspired and made like a sustainable fashion um, project section through attending one of the events they went away and like spoke to their teammates and they got inspired and then like actually ended up implementing that in their own work mm. so it can like it could just take an idea to to spark someone to then go away do something in their their own field of work as well wow no I mean I can personally um, relate to this because early on in my um, sort of first steps in around fashion and sustainability, I attended almost every single Eventbrite event that I could get my hands on. 
uh, in around fashion and sustainability. And I remember um, my first real job in this space actually was through an event and it happened through an event. So I think um, these events and these spaces where we bring people that um, are very much like-minded or people can want to learn more are so um, almost undervalued. I think they're just such a valuable way to communicate and share and connect and this sort of informal networking that you don't even know that happens. Yeah, I guess it's just bringing it back to human connection. Mm -hmm. And even if it's people that wouldn't usually meet, like having that space for people to to engage and network, as you say, Mm -hmm. Um, and then people with shared interests as well, just like making a space available for human connection like so much can grow from that Mm. yeah no that's amazing and I think um sort of a thread that moves us forward is this creativity and I think you're such a creative person and create creative to me means just someone who just makes something from scratch makes something happen (laughs) and you're obviously one of those people and uh, I personally started following you because of what you've done in around um your swapping um um experience I guess and and the the platform you've built and I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about how you arrived there and what drove you to um, create uh, Flip and Reverse It and where it's at right now. Yeah so that was kind of um, when I was talking about lockdown and really like reflecting um, and yeah so I was kind of reflecting on my own shopping habits like I was I wasn't the biggest consumer of fast fashion because I didn't really have the budget to be spending that all the time as a student, but it's the first option that I would go for. Um, and it would I think it mainly came from like last minute not being planned and what I was going to wear, and it's just the easy option to get something quickly. Um, but I was really kind of like teaching myself on that and I think I just wanted a bit more something else to do in lockdown because we were all so bored and um, so I I bought a sewing machine and I was like learning like basic sewing and um, not good A to B sewing um, but I started um, I kind of wanted to document my journey online from what I was learning um, and like outfits that I was making or um like secondhand things that I've bought or swapped online and actually started making like quite a few friends online. A lot of people had done similar things at the same time. Um, And yeah, it was just really nice. It became like a community online and like everyone just kind of like replying to each other's stories. And it was a really nice space. I don't know. I think so many things like that happened over Mm -hmm. lockdown because people were just trying to find a new way to connect with Mm -hmm. people um and <laughs> to fill in their hours a wee bit I guess as well yeah certainly um I connected with fashion revolution that way um, yeah I feel like yeah we were just craving that human uh, connection and um it's brilliant to hear that you've used up those hours so well <laughs> and yeah. I guess um just to just to um uh continue on that thread is um do you have any plans uh, in terms of moving this project forward, where you're at with it now, and um, given that we're obviously out of lockdown, is there any things that you maybe want to be planning there for the future? Um, so what I had done in lockdown is the people that I'd connected with through um, our Instagram page, we had um, started like a little Facebook group where we were doing like the classic like pub quizzes and things like, mm. like that over Zoom, um, and we started swapping close on a small Facebook chat and mm-hmm. um, but then we we were kind of sharing outfits that we swapped and people were like where did you swap that I want to join so we're like let's make a wee Facebook page and it can be like our friends and family can join mm-hmm. and it just grew and grew and grew massively um, and now it's got about 10,000 people on it oh, wow. um, and it's really nice to have like that free space it's called swap family um, on Facebook and it's really nice just to have that free space where people can swap their clothing and um, so it's like item for item and then just like paying for postage or um, we find like a lot of people sometimes they really liked an item but they didn't have a size to directly swap it with mm-hmm. and so we have got like a five pound maximum charge on there so if there was something but they well, didn't can have a direct swap and um, they can have like the five pounds to cover it um, as well but I'm really wanting to do more like in the physical space of swapping now. I think it's really nice to have that free space online where people can join in, but 
physical events is where it's at. Um, and we have done we have done swaps at a few events, um, but I'm really hoping to get something started maybe with Fashion Revolution or another another charity um, in person. I think I've always put so much pressure on myself to do it on my own, mm-hmm. but I can like do it in my work now involved with ACS. Um, and we have had like a swap rail or like a rental studio at things before as well. Um, yeah, I think I found with the page, I've kind of taken a break from it for a while because I felt like I was just posting outfit pictures, mm-hmm. which is lovely, but it's not very me. And I really want to give give something more with it, like give something more educational. Um, so it's kind of on the pause mm-hmm. until I like get the inspiration to get it back up and running again and like a purpose of what I want it to be now. Interesting. And for anyone listening that maybe is not super familiar with swapping clothes as a way to get new clothes, um, what are the sort of, is there, are there any terms and conditions applied there? Is, what are the rules of that game? Um, um, just yeah I think even before I did anything like I the first time I swapped was kind of with friends mm-hmm. um so it wasn't kind of like in a structured process so when we built the swap page I'd never been to a swap shop or anything before um so we kind of had to build that as we were going mm-hmm. as we were getting <laughs> people messaging in for help um so we have like um if you're doing it via PayPal just to take um the like that you can pay extra for the insurance just to make sure you get your item because there's like I mean it has been really positive and we don't usually get people mucking about on it or not mm-hmm. not giving an item but it just covers you there if you do it um I've been to a lot of like physical swap shop spaces now that I've been in Glasgow um so one being like Revolve have you ever been in before I have yeah they're great I love the one in Rodney Glen. It's amazing. Yeah. So they basically have it on a point system. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go along, you bring your clothing and they'll weigh it in. Um, and then they'll give you a certain amount of points on your card that's equivalent to the, the weight of the clothing. And then you can go and shop with those points. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really amazing system. Um, other events that we've done, you can bring two items and take two items. It's just making sure that you're bringing along like quality pieces, items that you would want to receive as well. And they're cleaned and um, presentable and everything like that as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to to highlight almost is that um, we sometimes treat these um, swapping events, but also kind of looking into secondhand just fashion in general. Um, whether it's donations to like a charity shop or, or, or something else, we tend to treat it as a way to just dispose of our garments that we don't want. And I think it's really important to um, have that filter with yourself almost um, asking yourself, is this something that I would want to receive or someone else would want to buy or swap with me? Is it good enough quality? Um, is it um, of enough sort of if, of a good enough condition to be reused by someone else and valued by someone else? And um, I mean, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, um, I I love this idea of you know someone else like my trash being someone else's treasure, and I definitely mm-hmm. um, I definitely subscribe that. I mean, I'm a huge um, vintage fan and things like that. I I know that there is plenty of people who. Uh, might find value in my clothes, but I think the, the underlying um, message here is to make sure that yeah, that it's clean enough, it's it's not falling apart, it's um you know it's it's well presented and things like that, and that it has that resale value uh, or reuse value. And then even even if you think it's not and you've decided that, you can do something else with it. Like there's times that I've had like a bunch of old vests that I'm like I wouldn't give those to a charity shop mm. or because a lot of the time you do just kind of fill the charity shop mm. bag up and then end and it's not your problem anymore but it's mm. like then they've got all these to sort through and not they're not getting sold so then they end up in landfill mm-hmm. um so like like you there's options you can cut them up into cloths and then use them as cloths so they're having another purpose there um over lockdown I got I although my sewing wasn't amazing I got really good at making scrunchies Mm -hmm. (laughs) I made like a hundred scrunchies so it was like using the scrap fabric from my sewing projects and things Mm -hmm. and turning them into scrunchies so it's maybe kind of filtering through like okay this is good to reset sell Mm -hmm. on vintage this is good to 
give to a charity shop and they can make some money from that but maybe these ones I could try and make something with instead or people um do kind of make stuffing for cushions and things like that as well mm. yeah yeah there's some I feel like having is almost like a grading system is useful now yeah. in terms of how used the item is and where it can be uh, passed on to mm. yeah uh, absolutely now yes yeah, to platforms as well for rental mm -hmm. that if you did want to keep an item and maybe like make a bit of money off it as well that you could do use a peer-to-peer -peer rental service mm -hmm. we'll jump to the rentals we'll jump to the rentals because yeah. i'm super excited to learn more <laughs> about it with your with your current experience but before we do i do wonder what is your um approach to fashion personally um, so how do you navigate fashion? Uh, is that at all important to you in terms of how, um, you know, keeping up with trends and things like that? Because um, I think with swapping and other forms of, of consumption, um, that is not just simple buying. Um, it does allow us to sort of keep up with trends or keep uh, us in the loop of what's, you know, trending and, and fashionable. I wonder if you use these outlets as a way to, to do that or you don't really care about it. What is your take on fashion in general? I feel like I've learned my own style so much more since kind of shopping secondhand. Um, so to start off with, I was like, right, I'm going to try and buy nothing new. Mm. But I found I moved my habits from fast fashion just on to secondhand clothes. Mm. So I felt like I was still buying clothes and then dropping off to the charity shop. And I was still doing that rotation that I did when I was shopping fast fashion. And mm -hmm. um, so I had to kind of change my outlook and my habits there. Although buying it secondhand is much better. I was still consuming the same amount of clothing just secondhand. Um, so I kind of had to take everything out of my wardrobe and see how items paired, got get to know my own style. I kind of, um, I also like make a list of things that I want and sit with it for a while instead of um, buying impulsively. Mm -hmm. I think that impulsive buying kind of comes from if it's a trend though as well. Um, if it's a trend piece that I'm seeing all the time, it's like I just want it now and quickly. Mm. But if I leave that on my list for a wee while once the trend's gone I'm not interested in it anymore or once the trend's gone if I'm still interested in it oh I've got an example actually um I got these platform crocs because I was obsessed with them for ages but they were really in trend and I was like Sean it's just a trend you're mm. not going to be interested in them anymore but then by the time the next summer came around I still really wanted them mm. so I bought them secondhand and one they were significantly cheaper and two, I knew I actually wanted them. I wasn't just doing it because it was a trend at the time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think shopping secondhand or um, swapping my clothes or just trying to use what's in my wardrobe more, I've got to know what I like a lot more because I have to really like dig for it and find it. It's not as easy accessible, mm -hmm. which has made me build my own personal style a lot more, I think. That's really interesting. I think you've raised a really important point here in terms of not allowing these alternative sort of ways of consuming, whether it's secondhand or others, to um, almost be a, a way to keep up with these fast turnaround consumption methods and patterns. It's so, so difficult. It's, it's so difficult. I know, I know. I, I find myself in that trap as well. I mean, I scroll mm -hmm. for like vintage looking for things and, and sometimes I just see it. And I think what's um, dangerous almost with secondhand is that anytime I see something that's kind of a unique piece, I know it might be gone within like the next hour and I'll be like, oh, I might just have to buy it because, you know, it might be gone and it looks like something I really need. But do I really need it is the question. Yeah. Um, and you, you can almost make up reasons in your head why you need it as well. Exactly. Yeah. So but I guess that's where you can kind of ask yourself the question, am I going to wear it 30 times? Mm. What do I have in my wardrobe that I'm already going to wear it with? Do I have something similar? And mm. um, kind of having those questions ready to ask yourself when you have that kind of temptation. Yeah. But also you're, you're allowed to buy something new as well. Mm. If it's something you really want and you know you're like you're allowed to buy that as well. It's just having a plan for that garment once you have mm. it. And what are you going to do with it after reflecting, like, who's made it? Who am I giving my money to here? Mm -hmm. um, I definitely believe in, like, voting with your with your purchase, voting with your wallet as well. Yeah. Um, I'd feel much better about giving 
my five pounds that I'm spending on a t-shirt to someone on Vinted instead of um, a fast fashion place where I knew the person that's made that garment hasn't been treated well. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think that's kind of what um, we're doing here at Warfare as well, really, is to um, give garments a new value, almost, um, <laughs> rather than, and yeah, allow, our, allow ourselves to buy when we need it. Uh, but I think what you're saying is uh, really accurate in terms of having a plan, having a strategy <laughs> for that piece and uh, making sure that it's a mindful sort of choice. Uh, and I love what I you said in terms of, you know, sitting... Models well, got me thinking so much. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Like, it's, it's just so interesting. I think at the point of a purchase, it gets, it gets someone going through those questions themselves. Like, okay, so how much am I spending on this item? And then they have to kind of break it down how much they think it's worth in terms of everyone's time to make it, the natural resources, the fabric. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and uh, just kind of wrapping up on this on this part, I personally, I mean, I, I definitely uh, resonate with the fact that I also, I think, arrived at a place where I feel very comfortable with my own style and I only buy things that I know um, fit well in my wardrobe and, and they know exactly um, that uh, I now value and appreciate uh, comfort much more than finding trends and things that I know will, I don't know, hurt my feet or whatever, or I'll be feeling like I'm <laughs> suffocating because it is polyester or whatever else. Uh, I wonder if you have any, any thoughts around that in terms of uh, trading off fashion for, <laughs> for other <laughs> elements. Something I have um, done when purchasing now as well is like I've noticed my my weight fluctuates quite a lot up and down and instead of buying something that I might not fit like finding things that fit when when I'm a bigger size or a smaller size as well mm -hmm. so it stays with me and mm -hmm. um, like wrap skirts and like loads of different things like that that I think I think the fast fashion feeds into the I'm going to buy the smaller size of jeans because I mm. want to fit into those. And that, like, I mean, it just goes hand in hand mm. and like societal pressure and fast fashion, like they feed off each other and is often what makes you buy the item as well. But yeah, like buying stuff that I know is going to fit, fit me and last me. That's a really interesting point. And actually... A very strange and almost disappointing experience. I um, I went down to the high street uh, like literally two weeks ago or so um, for the first time in a very long time just to see because I love to do this kind of research almost as a as a way to see what's there um, out there and uh, I tried a few pieces on and I love to inspect like quality and like shapes and fits and styles and <laughs> it's mad. I think it's just, you know, being part of like a, a brand business owner. <laughs> but anyways, and I one thing that actually stuck with me was that um, the sizing is so, so, so small. I mean, I am usually like an S. I like to also buy things oversized and I literally had to like um mentally almost accept the fact that wow actually unless maybe doesn't fit me or whatever and it's like how small and how um how the, the sizing really um is is made by these fast fashion and, and other brands it's uh, to me it's quite mind-boggling um and then like if we think that as a standard size person like someone that is plus size like how much more difficult is that going to be yeah, yeah. I, I find I find uh, shopping in charity shops or going into swap shops like Revolving Shrub that I don't tend to look at sizing on things. Like I will just pick it up and try it on or like hold it up to me. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes it away from that. Interesting. Um, which I find has been a really positive experience for me as well. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that kind of... Um, I guess that might be because we have just like almost always there's just a unique size. It's just that piece. And you don't really care to compare it to like the five other sizes that you get in the normal standard shop. You don't have those options, mm. exactly. So it's, it's actually really interesting. <laughs> Um, I guess we can move on a little bit from, from our sort of own personal approach to where you're at now. 
Um, so I know that you work for ACS, which is a, um, almost a sustainability hub encompassing all, all sorts of different elements of fashion and sustainability. Um, but I know that part of it, the major part of what you guys are doing is obviously rentals and fulfilling rentals for the major brands and, and organizations in the UK. Um, I wonder if you can tell us more about ACS themselves as a company and what uh, it's trying to do, uh, and then we can move on to actually your role in the company. So ACS are really instigating the change in the fashion industry by enabling brands to join the circular economy and really like pushing for that transition over to circular models. Um, so they do this through offering rentals. So we've been doing rental for over 25 years and um, started off in menswear rental. Um, so like kind of traditional formal wear kilts and suits for weddings. Everyone would automatically rent a suit or kilt for a wedding. Um, but now more recently moving into women's wear, baby wear, ski wear, um, which is amazing. Um, and then we've also been offering resale. So um, we digitize um, items along with like sanitizing and repairing them for for um, our tenants. And we also set up our own eBay shop now as well. Mm -hmm. So brands will give us the items and we will do the full process and manage them, manage their sale on our eBay shop now as well. Um, and then we also do renewal. Um, returns are a huge issue um, globally at the moment um, because people see these items as disposable or as, you know, I can I can buy 10 and return nine of them just to try them on. Mm. Um, but logistically, it just doesn't work. And um, so a lot, a lot of um, places are really struggling with the amount of returns they're getting. And honestly, we'll see they're maybe missing one button mm. that just needs sewn back on, but that wouldn't be resold. So we're we're capturing that and renewing the item. So we're offering renewal that stops these items from going to landfill. Um, and then the, the partner can set up on resale platforms there as well. Mm. Really interesting. I mean, there's so much going on. <laughs> and I wonder if you can, because I, I was lucky enough um, to actually visit the ACS premises. And so there, you guys are just outside of Glasgow, which is really handy as a Glasgow-based brand. And um, I was so impressed and sort of breathtaking by the technology that's involved by the automation and all things. I mean, the garments are just like um, being passed on on this conveyor belt. It's it's quite um, crazy to to <laughs> to see it and 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 see how all of it comes to, together. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about the actual back end of rentals because um, many of us are now aware in terms of you know the process of renting clothes rather than buying them brand new from a from a retailer from a brand. Um, how does that look from the back end of um, of things in terms of how does ACS process it and how does that look? Yeah. Um, so we've actually found out that some of our items have been rented over a hundred times. Wow. Um, so this makes it more profitable for our our customers because we're business to business, but also um, it means that items lasting way longer and it's getting more longevity. Mm. Um, so we do this by making sure the garments are like um, being cleaned in the least harsh way possible. So we use ozone sanitization. Um, so this is where ozone gas is sprayed on the garment. So this, this gas is used in NHS and things like this because it kills 99.9% .9 of the germs um, and bacteria that's on the garment. Um, a lot of the misconception with rental is that it's going to be dirty. Mm. Um, but I always like to say to people, you'd sleep in a hotel room. You'd, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of different situations where yeah. you would use something that before but our items actually end up way cleaner and um, sometimes even then if you bought it new in the store because a lot of times the the item will come with chemicals already on it from from being made or someone else has worn it and tried it on so sometimes rental actually ends up cleaner mm -hmm. as well um, all of our all of our processes are designed to and be the most sustainable and create um, the least waste possible. And by no way have we achieved that. It's something we're constantly working towards. It's not like, okay, we're sustainable, we're zero waste. Mm. It's there's constantly new ways that we can innovate 
um, and keep trying to do this. So you're talking about kind of the technology as you as you went around ACS on the tour, and this has all been designed to use the least amount of water, the least amount of harsh chemicals, and um, the least energy as possible as well for being a cleaning operation. So one thing that we've done is reprogrammed the washing machines mm-hmm. um, for a wash cycle that was it wasn't required. Um, we also collect rainwater from our roof. So we're based just outside of Scotland, as you said, <laughs> and there's a lot of rain. Yeah. Um, and I was recently on a Home Energy Scotland course and found out that we only capture and utilise 2% of our rainwater, oh, wow. um, which is absolutely crazy. And we're flushing our toilets with clean drinking water. Oh, wow. So we're 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 cleaning this water sanitizing it to a point that you can drink it and then flushing the toilet with it mm. which i just thought was absolutely crazy so our sustainability and circularity team are always coming up with new ideas um on um how how we can better do our practices um we have like zero waste going to landfill um one thing is we've got set up in our canteen as a pre-ordering system which is just super simple that any company can set up um, which means that the food for the day is getting made for what is needed um, to reduce the amount of waste that's going out there. So it's just it's loads of small changes like that, um, changing all of our light systems to LED. Mm. Um, there's loads of things there that seem like a small change at the time, but make a huge difference to the overall sustainability of the company. Mm. Yeah, no, certainly. And I, I really admire you guys for, for doing that, um, for, you know, be being a global sort of leader in that space and um and I think that's brilliant um some of the really interesting things that you picked up on is um is this is I mean the fact that we are based in Scotland and um killed hire was one of the you know first categories and I mean it was it is it was um from sort of its design uh a way to to utilize um and and use um kilts was always sort of based on hire and um rather than purchasing outright and it's really positive to see that um other product categories are catching up um i had the chance to uh, attend an event at some point earlier this year and um it was around wedding and um and wedding sort of bridal wear and things like that and um, a lot of the brides were really interested in actually renting their um, gowns rather than buying it. I mean, economically so speaking, exciting. it makes sense. Mindsets are changing. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy and it's really positive. And I think, you know, rather than having an idle dress for the rest of your life, it's um, it's nice for that dress to travel around and make more memories and the, those stories to kind of uh, build up. Um, yeah, it's really positive. I love that. In terms yeah, of absolutely. in terms of your own role at ACS, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do on a daily basis and and where you're sitting at within the company? Absolutely. So um, I talked earlier about moving from the sustainability team over to um, the marketing team. So our marketing team was just set up last year. Um, and I'm doing events within that. Um, events at ACS can be everything and anything. We do a big wide range of things because we've got so many different partners and our own brands every day is completely different, which is amazing and keeps me on my toes. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of different site visits. Um, we do trade shows, so like wedding shows um, with our, our menswear company, Cameron Ross. We do a lot of community engagement. So um, something that I missed on earlier, I was kind of speaking about the environmental side, but the social side is really important to us as well. And we work a lot with local communities. Um, And yeah, we have done work with um, like environmental charities. Last year, we did a big event with Hubbub um, and did a big event called Slow Threads, which had catwalk and workshops and it was really trying to instigate instigate um, behavioral change in the in the general public as well um film shoots photo photography everything um every day can really be different but um yeah I absolutely love it and I think the main thing that I spoke about earlier is is trying to um make change with with the events we're creating even even when we're going down to wedding shows with our 
with our um, menswear brand, Cameron Ross, is really interesting because the views in in weddings are quite quite old fashioned and quite traditional, mm-hmm. and it just seems like a completely new concept when it's when it's really not when we were talking about kilts and things earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really fascinating. Um, again, I mean, we're kind of circling back to the beginning of the conversation, but I think events, as you, as we established, I think uh, they just have so much power within them to shape and shift um, the way we um, use and approach fashion, um, not only sort of on the consumer level, but as you're saying, B2B, I think that's really essential as well to get other players within the industry on that uh, train. Um, so yeah, really um yeah, kudos really <laughs> for doing all that hard work. Um, and I wonder actually whether you personally have ever used rental and what is your approach? Is there anything that you uh, would like to share in around uh, maybe trying a rental um, rental for the first time within clothing? Yeah, so I guess we kind of spoke about trends earlier as well. Um, so I'd never rented an item before working at ACS. Um, and the first year I worked here, the House of Sunny dresses were everywhere and they had a chokehold on me. Oh, my God, I was obsessed <laughs> with them. I was like, I know I'm not going to like this after this trend. I'm not going to like it, but I want one now. <laughs> um, and then I see them whizzing about the warehouses you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's it's honestly, it's like Monsters, Inc. or something in here. People <laughs> say that all the time, like the doors whizzing around. But um I seen the House of Sunny dresses going around and I was like, oh my God, are those for rental? And it was my birthday coming up. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try rental for once. And it was just such an amazing experience because it was like, I get to have this dress for this special occasion. One, also, I wouldn't have known how to wash it or look after. Mm. I was quite scared of damaging it. So it was really nice. I could just put it back in the bag and not worry about it and send it back. Um and now I'll kind of do it for any special occasion mm-hmm. um, where I want something a bit different, but I'm not going to wear it all the time. And I think that's a really nice option to have. Um, I also hired another dress that was like amazing and embroidered. And that was another one that I was like, that's not going in my washing machine. <laughs> like that really scares me and I wouldn't yeah. know how to look after it. But we've got experts here mm. that are amazing at all of this stuff. And um yeah, I'm not an expert. I wouldn't know how to especially look after that garment. So it wouldn't be something I would buy, but it would be something I'd rent. Um, and it's so easy, so easy. Like everyone, I was, returns are an issue, but everyone's returned an item mm. before. And it's just, it's so easy. Like the item literally gets sent to your door and it's in a bag that has two two slips on it. So you open it, wear it, it'll have returns label. So you mm. put your dress back inside when you're done. And then it'll have a second bit that you can enclose it with, stick the returns label on, and then send it back. It's so simple. Um, yeah, I definitely can't recommend it enough. And I think it's made it's made um, like these really nice dresses that I wouldn't spend as much money on more accessible to me as well mm-hmm. for a special occasion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so super fascinating to hear because I actually. Um, when I personally think about rentals, the one thing that scares me a little bit is actually that element of um, caring for the dress and making sure or dress or whatever other piece of clothing. Well, something happens and, to yeah, it, if something yeah. happens to it, like I spill something or whatever, uh, it's positive to hear that you know there's the other side of the story in terms of actually I wouldn't want to buy that dress because of the same reasons and moreover because there is that element of care and aftercare that you know you don't want to put a precious dress into a, into washing machine and how else do you take care of it and it takes so much effort when here that effort is sort of taken away from you and there's also the option there if you if you are worried about it to get insurance a lot mm. of our partners offer it, de- it depends on the partner mm. like it's a small fee um, on top if you are worried about for insurance just to cover yourself there as well interesting yeah I think it's fair enough to say here that um anyone listening and wanting to try rental I think just keep your eyes open for um rental platforms but also I guess within uh, like brand um, websites you can now uh, filter through into a rental section and and be able to browse their rental selections and things like that and then consider renting rather than buying I guess that's how it works nowadays right and um, I've known people that would use that as an option before buying it as well. 
to try it um, and see if it's something that they're going to wear more often. So that kind of takes in that other step before you make a purchase just Mm -hmm. to really think about it. Um, Like the subscription model is really interesting for that as well. If you wanted it for a longer time, if you were going to be going on holiday and you wanted a few items, you can kind of swap them in and out. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Once I was reading an article around um, this concept of illegal renting. So essentially, it's what we've discussed previously in terms of people buying like 10 different things and then actually like literally wearing and using one or or a few of them uh, and then returning the items. Um, so in a way, it's like using without actually uh, buying. Um, maybe it was for good purposes, maybe not so much. But I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would never encourage that kind of behavior. I think we should keep away from that. But I think um, that sort of way of um, trying an item, renting it out, seeing if it works for you. Because we, I mean, we could be talking about a one-off um, occasion piece, but it could also be I don't know, like a winter jacket or something that an investment piece that you might want to uh, invest in down the line, but you're not really sure whether it's something that, you know, will fit you well or whatnot. I think that's a really nice case to to think about renting. And I guess that way kind of slows down the people buying 10 items and returning nine Mm -hmm. just to try them on. You could you could put in place rental there and try out the item that way instead. Um, But I guess it's always just reflecting on an individual and their own shopping habits and what small changes they can make in in their own lifestyle. Not everyone can say, no, I'm not going to buy anything new. Yeah, It's different. It's different to the individual person. Um, everyone like has their own accessibility needs. Like not everyone has, I, I mean, time is such a big thing as well. Like not everyone has the time to be scrolling around secondhand mm-hmm. places and um, sizing we've covered earlier as well. Um, or like their job role as well. Like sometimes you need, I'd, like if you were in a manual job, you would go through clothes a lot quicker because it's gonna they're going to get worn quicker. Um, I've also spoke to people that are maybe um, on on screen a lot and they feel like they need to be kind of changing up their outfit. So maybe a subscription model would mm. work better for them than buying something secondhand because they feel like they need to be changing up their outfit more. So it is, there's not one set rule for everyone. It's just kind of reflect on what you have and what you can do as an individual. And there are so many different models out there that can everyone can make small small changes within their own their own lifestyle in yeah. relationship with fashion. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's no a solution. There's many solutions, and I think just being open minded, trying things mm-hmm. out, seeing what works for you within your own sort of personal um, life and professional or personal. So um, it's a really really fair point. Um, I guess to slowly be wrapping up. Um, Mm -hmm. I do wonder, because obviously now you've engaged yourself so much within that space of fashion and sustainability, I wonder if you see yourself uh, continuing working and making change in this space, let's say in the next five years, or do you have plans uh, kind of beyond that or taking your learning somewhere else? Like what, do you have any plans (laughs) for the near future? As long as I'm happy (laughs) is the main thing. I think the the main thing for me is having something where I feel like I'm utilizing my skills and having something where I feel like I'm passionate about mm-hmm. and gets the best work out of me mm-hmm. and where I'm having fun and like I'm really I've used passionate before but where I'm really like passionate about what I'm doing and that's what I feel at the moment I think the main thing in five years time that I want to get develop on is kind of the impact of those events Mm -hmm. um, and what's coming from that so I really want to learn more about policy and policy change and how events can influence that Mm -hmm. and a few members of our sustainability team were in parliament um, I think it was about Christmas time mm-hmm. and it's amazing like that one conversation in parliament about fashion has um, been like a pebble in the pond and we're seeing like other conversations pop up now so yeah I think for me it's really understanding how that impact's made and like how to measure it and how to see what's coming from an event what works best what 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 doesn't and yeah just learning more and yeah as you say like focusing and growing in the sustainable fashion space as as the movement grows and kind of adapting to that. 
Lovely. Well, I do. I'm really happy to hear that you want to continue within this industry, even <laughs> though it's so problematic. I think it's also um, very uh, exciting and things are certainly moving in the right directions. Uh, I think an important point that you're touched on and don't have really time to unpack today, but I think um, understanding that we're not alone, like, yes, the individual action is important, but there is also um, policy work to be done. And uh, I really keep my fingers crossed that you get there <laughs> in terms of making impact on those levels as well. Um, so, yeah, best of luck for, for the future. I wonder if you have any final thoughts for the audience, any tips or anything that you want to share? I completely forgot to bring up my glasses. Okay. <laughs> so I broke my glasses last night. Um, you can't really see because I've got blue hair covering the blue <laughs> tape. Um, but I, I just, that kind of made me think, my immediate thought when I broke my glasses was, how can I repair these? Because mm. they're essential, because they need to see. Um, and my relationship with my glasses is quite different to my relationship with my clothes. Mm -hmm. And I'd really like to build it to be the same point that we're valuing clothes to the same point. If I've got a hole in my clothes, I'm like, okay, how can I mend this? Mm -hmm. This is something that's valuable to me. This is something I treasure and I want to repair it rather than replace it. Or yeah, I, that was my in initial thought with my glasses. So I just, I just thought that was really, wow. yeah. it really, kind of, and it, it kind of ties into what you're doing with Wayfair as well as like how, how we value what we have in our wardrobe and like loving what we have already and um yeah yeah no that's a yeah. lovely anecdote thank you so much for sharing and actually <laughs> I wouldn't have known that <laughs> that you did break your glasses that really blends very well <laughs> for those who are watching anyway <laughs> yeah I've got it. crazy blue tape in my glasses <laughs> and blue hair is covering it so what is your what is your strategy yeah. moving forward have you thought about how to properly fix your glasses is there so my the pe people I get my glasses from are actually really good and they offer like repair and everything like in in the warranty mm. is kind of why I went for them um, nice. and then they also they also like if they're really broken you can donate them in and then they repurpose them as well okay um lovely. really good yeah so I'm gonna yeah. go into them after work and be like help <laughs> please fix this yeah no that's amazing I think that's just yet another avenue to go through in terms of um, fashion is the repair uh, element and that there's there's actually always almost always a way to to repair uh, something that's broken um, and that's always a way I think um, the, the challenge here is that it costs um, almost as much or if not more uh, as a brand new item and I think it, then it goes down to the value element that we have for that piece of garment or or accessory. Um, and yeah, I think we have to personally work on that, uh, making sure that we um, arrive at a place where we value things enough to be to be um, taking the time and, and also money to repair and care. Um, so thank you for bringing that final element. Considering that at the point of purchase as mm. well, like brands kind of offering that support there because that's partially why I've gone for this glasses company because I mm. knew because my glasses are so important to me I can't get about my day if I can't see yep. um so it really helped to know that they have that support in place like some brands do have that structure like nudie jeans and things mm. like that but it'd be amazing if there was a similar structure in place for clothing yeah very, very good point to wrap up. Um, thank you so, so much for joining the conversation. Thank you for having me. Hope you enjoyed. Me. I certainly have. And I'm sure everyone else listening has found it really valuable to learn uh, about your experiences and all the great things you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you.